Hi there, I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 135. And today I'm going to be talking about a gradual approach to unschooling. Yes, approaching unschooling, little by little, not diving into the deep end. And while I'm talking about that, I will be talking about screen time, because I think this is one of the biggest worries that parents have when they decide to unschool. What if our kids spend all day on their computers? And this leads me on to the topic of balance. Shouldn't our kids live a balanced life? Shouldn't they go outside sometimes, get some exercise? Surely it's not good for them to spend each and every day on the computer. So those are some of the things that I'm going to discuss. But to start me off, I'm going to share with you a blog story. It's called A Gradual Approach to Unschooling. And then once I've told the story, I'm sure that there'll be a lot to discuss. So onto the story. A gradual approach to unschooling. Maybe you've been reading about unschooling and you like the thought of it. Yes, it sounds good, but you're not sure you can do it. It will take a lot of trust. You'll have to think about things in a new way. Maybe you'll need to make a lot of changes. It could feel very uncomfortable. What if my child wants to sit in front of the computer all day? You ask. Yes, he might want to do that at first, someone says. He'll be catching up. Later, when he realizes you're not going to restrict his computer time, he'll relax and move on to other things. But what if he doesn't? What if he sits there for hours and hours? He might not go outside and get any exercise. He could miss out on all kinds of other experiences. Perhaps computers are his thing. Shouldn't kids be allowed to spend as much time as they need on their interests? No one tells adults how long they can spend working on their passions. Why should it be any different for children? This is all very true. I imagine being deep in my creative writing world. The words are flowing, and then someone comes along and says, That's enough writing for one day. It's time you did something else. You need a balanced life. And exercise. Go outside. How frustrating to have to return to the normal world when we are deeply immersed in our work. But despite our concerns, we gather up our courage and say to our kids, Yes, you can use the computer. And then we stand back, determined not to limit their time. Even if they spend all day there. Which they do. And they're still there the next day, and the one after that. Deep down, we're not really happy about this, and we get anxious. Do our kids notice? Do they know we're not really comfortable with the whole idea of letting go of control? Maybe they're waiting for the moment when we grab back the reins. 
In the meantime, they might as well spend as long as possible on the computer while they've got the chance. Even though we might be doing our best to let go and unschool, maybe we don't really trust our kids, and so they don't trust us. No one is happy. And eventually, we decide we won't unschool after all. But what if we only let go as far as we're comfortable? What if we approached unschooling in tiny steps? Let ourselves get used to it bit by bit, not jump in the deep end, but instead adopt a gradual approach. You know what? I reckon this is the best way to move to an unschooling way of life. Yes, we can listen to people who have more unschooling experience than us, ponder what they have to say, maybe push ourselves a little bit out of our comfort zone. But we shouldn't do things that we're not happy with just because we've been told by others that this is the way to go if we want to unschool properly. If we do, maybe we'll end up rejecting unschooling altogether. And who knows where a step-by-step approach to unschooling will lead. If someone had told me a few years ago that we'd become radical unschoolers, I would have protested loudly. Oh no, I could never let go to that extent. I'm not even sure I should. It doesn't feel right. But here we are, living the life I said we would never live. It's hard to change our way of life overnight. Perhaps we need time to ponder and absorb and work things out for ourselves. If we do that, our motivation for change will come from deep within us and not from other people. We'll want to unschool because we truly believe, right to our cause, that this is the best way to live. So that's my story. You might know that we arrived at unschooling in a very gradual way. But for us, we never intended to unschool. We got here accidentally. We stopped doing the things that got in the way of us being a happy family. All those things that were causing conflict and battle things that were making me feel very bad about the way I was treating my children, for example. I stopped and thought about all kinds of things. Do my kids really have to do this, that, and the other? How can we homeschool without all this conflict? Isn't it better to listen to our kids than it is to listen to people from outside our family? Don't I know my children better than everybody else? These were all things that I pondered over a long period of time. And yes, we made some changes, one at a time. We started with the things that were causing us the most concern. And gradually, we got to a situation where we were all happy. My kids were learning. They weren't being prodded along. I didn't have to yell. I was enjoying being their mother We were developing close family bonds. Yes, everybody was thriving. 
But I had no intention of unschooling. We got to unschooling by mistake. It wasn't until a long time after we arrived that I was doing some reading and thought, hey, that's how we homeschool. That's how we live our lives. We must be unschoolers. But I think anybody can follow the same pathway as we did and arrive at unschooling, even if the intention is to unschool, even if you consciously decide that you want to be an unschooling family, you can still follow the steps that my family followed. Think about all the things that aren't working for your family and throw them out one by one, make some changes, and gradually you will arrive at unschooling. As I said in the story, I think there are advantages to approaching unschooling in this way. Changing our lives is a big, big step. And just changing one thing at a time gives everybody, parents and children, time to adjust. It also allows us time to keep pondering, keep reading, keep discussing, keep learning. And then, as I said right at the end of the story, our motivation for change will come from deep within us and not from other people. We'll want to unschool because we truly believe right to our cause that this is the best way to live. Whenever I dive straight into something without being fully prepared, without being fully committed, quite often, well most times, I end up dropping whatever I started. Yes, my motivation wasn't enough to keep me going. At the first sign of trouble, I've just shrugged my shoulders and said, hey, I don't think I want to do this after all. So maybe that happens to some families who decide to jump straight into unschooling and don't take a gradual approach. I guess it also could depend on people's personalities. I have heard some people say that they have to jump straight into some things. That's just the way they are. But if you're not that kind of person, perhaps you would prefer to take things step by step and get to unschooling in a gradual way. I said, but despite our concerns, we gather up our courage and say to our kids, yes, you can use the computer. And then we stand back, determined not to limit their time, even if they spend all day there which they do, and they're still there the next day and the one after that. Deep down, we're not really happy about this and we get anxious. Do our kids notice? Do they know we're not really comfortable with the whole idea of letting go of control? Maybe they're waiting for the moment when we grab back the reins. In the meantime, they might as well spend as long as possible on the computer while they've got the chance. Yes, I think that kids notice more than we imagine they do. They are much more clever than we think. They pick up on our feelings and even our thoughts. Maybe they also hear us speaking to our spouses, speaking to our friends. Maybe we don't realize that our conversations can be overheard. But even if we do speak in private, kids do pick up on how we're feeling about various situations. 
They see things that we'd rather they didn't see. We think we're keeping things to ourselves, but we're not. Yes, they know when we don't trust them. Even if it looks like we do, we can be going through the motions. We say, yes, you can do this or that. You can have the choice. You can spend as long as you like sitting at that computer. It looks like we're trusting them, but our kids know better. Even if we don't say a word, they will understand that we're not comfortable with the whole idea. And so unschooling is not going to work if our kids know that we're not fully committed. We don't trust them. They don't trust us. I've been thinking a lot about trust and unschooling. We often talk about having to trust our kids, but it is just as important for our kids to trust us. We've got to build up mutual trust. And not just between our children and us and us and our children, but also I think we have to have trust between spouses as well. I might say more about that another time. So our kids might be spending a lot of time inside on their computers, hour after hour. They don't get up. They don't go outside. They don't get any exercise. And some unschoolers may say, this is okay. Computers are obviously your children's thing. That's what they're interested in. They're not interested in anything outside. They're not interested in exercise. And I don't think that's an adequate answer. Because I do believe that exercise and going outside and experiencing nature, these are all things that our children should be doing. They are important for our kids' mental and physical health. All my kids lead a very balanced life. That word balance, it's sort of a no-no word in the unschooling world. We get told that parents worry too much about balance. Isn't it much more important to worry about what our kids are interested in, what they want to do, what their talents are? Well, I do think to a certain extent this is true. And we have to be careful not to devalue the things that our children are interested in. I love spending time on my computer. I spend hours on my computer each day. Well, most days. Some days I get fed up and I don't want to open it up. I think to myself, hey, I've overloaded and I will adjust my behavior. And kids learn to do this. My girls have told me that they know when they have spent too much time online or in front of a screen. It makes them feel bad. They have to close the lid, get up and do something else. And they're quite likely to go outside and exercise or go and read a book or go and find someone to talk to. Go and do something completely different. So yes, kids can self-regulate. But will all kids do that naturally? Or will some kids have a problem? Well, occasionally I have problems. I ignore the warning signs and I just keep on flipping from site to site. I keep on watching things, keep on reading. I find it hard to let go. There's a little voice at the back of my head which says, Sue, you really should stop wasting your time. Get off your computer. 
you're not doing anything that's of value, go and do something else. And I just refuse to listen to it. And I think maybe there are a lot of parents in this situation. We all carry our phones around with us. We all have access to the internet, probably 24-7. And is that a good example for our children to be seeing? Perhaps our children just copy us, and if we have trouble self-regulating, why should it surprise us that our kids have trouble as well? Why don't we go and do other things? I think sometimes it's easier just to sit in front of a screen. We have to make some decisions. We have to find something else to do. And this reminds me of something my daughter Imogen said. I quoted it in one of my blog posts about screen time. She said it's not enough for parents to say to their kids, get off your computer and go and do something else. What else are they going to do? Perhaps they don't know. Perhaps they're not used to doing other things. If they're told to go outside and exercise, that might seem very foreign. And I wonder how we get into these situations where our kids want to spend all their days on the computer. Why don't they want to do other things? Perhaps it's because they haven't seen the possibilities. They haven't spent time with us doing other things. I think that we can get into bad habits with children. Screens are a very easy thing to use when we want free time, for example. Yes, we're quite happy for our kids to sit in front of the screen at certain times of the day. When it suits us, it's much harder for us to be involved with our kids, to do things with them, to go outside, to take them on outings. It's even too hard sometimes for us to give up our own time to sit with them and play games on the computer or to watch movies with them. So I'm wondering if sometimes our kids' bad habits are due to us, the patterns that we have built up with them. It's all very well telling our kids to get off the computer, that they can only spend so much time on the computer each day. But wouldn't it be better if our kids decided for themselves that they didn't want to spend every possible hour sitting there doing things online or playing games or whatever they do on their screens? Wouldn't it be better if they were willing to get off their computers when we suggest something else, when we say such things as, hey, I'd love to spend some time with you. Would you like to come for a walk with me? Of course, we can't expect our kids to respond instantly because as I said in that story, it does take time to come back from the world that we're in when we're creating or reading or whatever we're doing with our screen. Yes, we have to allow our children time to return to the real world, the world around them. I find it very frustrating when somebody interrupts me when I'm writing. I lose my train of thought, but I am willing to return. If my kids ask me to do something, if it's not immediately important, if I don't really have to drop everything and give them my full attention, they are quite happy for me to say, yes, give me a few moments, give me a few minutes. I just want to finish this. I will be with you as soon as I can. 
because I do want to return. I do want to do things for my children and with them. And in the same way, when my children are on their computers and I say, I'm going to the post office in about half an hour. I thought that I would buy ice cream. Would you like to come with me? We could take the dogs for a walk. And practically every time, my girls say, Yes, Mum, that sounds good. Just give us some time to finish what we're doing. I don't know if it's me, or the work, or maybe it's the ice cream. But spending time together, my girls love doing that. And they would rather spend time with me than do whatever they're doing online. So I want my children to live balanced lives. I want them to exercise. I want them to experience nature. I want them to have more experiences than what they can absorb through a screen. Unfortunately for me, they do all that. We all exercise together. Well, I'm only running with Gemma Rhodes at the moment, but all the other girls, they're still exercising, even though they have moved on to other things. Before work each morning, Sophie and Imogen, they visit the gym together. They share a lot. Charlotte prefers to walk the dogs in the afternoon. But everybody gets outside. Everybody reads books. Everybody goes on outings. Everybody is willing to help cook. There are endless things that my girls are interested in. At the same time, they do spend a lot of time on their computers. Their computers are their tools. And I have never, ever restricted that time. Maybe that's the best way. When we don't make rules, but our children decide for themselves how much time they need, maybe how much time they can deal with on their screens. But back to this week's story. If we're not happy with our kids spending all their day on the computer, if they're not doing anything else, if they're not going outside, if they're not exercising, if they're not dealing with, with things in a good way, perhaps it's okay if, they, if we don't allow them to have a limitless time on their computers. But maybe the way we do that is very important. We could just lay down the law, or maybe we could talk about these things with our children, come to some mutually acceptable agreement. And then maybe further down the track, we can make some changes, reassess the situation. Or maybe we'll end up just letting go naturally as we become more and more comfortable with the idea of unschooling. And as our children get more and more comfortable with handling their own free time. Some people might say that we aren't unschooling unless we dive into it and do it properly. There's no such thing as unschooling step by step. You're either unschooling or you're not. For a start, I don't think this is very helpful. What if we can't unschool straight away fully? We're just not going to do it, are we? But if we go gradually step by step, who knows where we will end up? Yes, just incorporating a few of the unschooling principles into our lives. Being more aware of our children's needs, listening to them more. Be willing to step just a little bit outside our comfort zones. 
keep reading and thinking. All these things will move us further and further towards truly unschooling. Yes, who knows where we will end up. Sometimes we end up places that we are absolutely sure we will never want to go. And this is what happened with us and radical unschooling. I thought that I could never let go to that extent. I also thought that it would be wrong to let go to that extent. Surely radical unschooling isn't right. But here we are, radically unschooling, and it looks a lot different to what I imagined. So we could jump in the deep end, or we could take things step by step. I don't really think it matters, as long as we get to unschooling, because the unschooling way of life is amazing. And if our only option is to dive straight into it and it doesn't work and we give up, we will never experience the true wonders of unschooling. And maybe if this has happened to you, perhaps it's okay to go back, start again, just change things one at a time. So that's this week's story and this week's discussion about it. I hope that you found some of what I said helpful. I hope it wasn't too muddled. That's the trouble with pondering things. Thoughts go round and round in circles, and as we're thinking, another thought strikes us, and we go off track a little, and we come back. Talking about unschooling isn't the same as writing about it. It's not quite as concise and all together. But maybe that's okay, because that's what real conversations are like, isn't it? We go all over the place discussing the issues, repeating ourselves, moving a little bit forward, moving back, and then we leave with lots to think about. Talking of writing, I have been writing blog posts and I have been enjoying myself doing that. You might know that I have a new blog design. I'm feeling inspired. And it's not just the look of my blog that's inspiring me. No, for some reason, I'm enjoying writing again. Maybe I'm approaching my stories in a slightly different way. Trying not to be so serious. Trying not to just capture an idea perfectly. But tell a few stories along the way. Stories that I hope are interesting in themselves, but that illustrate some aspect of unschooling. I guess all stories of our lives will illustrate unschooling in some way because... Unschooling affects everything that we are doing. So I invite you to go over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. I will put some show notes there uh, for today's episode. Also, have a hop around, look at what I've been doing over there. Yes, I've made quite a lot of changes. Now, saying that, I hope you didn't visit my blog yesterday because my blog was in a mess. I just wanted to make one last tweak to my blog design. And somehow I found myself clicking on the button that said revert to default settings. And in an instant, my whole blog changed. And I knew I'd made a mistake as soon as I'd done it, but there was nothing I could do about it. I had a look at my blog and yes, it was a mess. All the blog posts were there, of course. 
but all the font sizes were wrong and the fonts themselves, the ones I'd chosen, ah, uh, they were the default fonts, the ones I'd chosen had disappeared completely. And even the layout of the blog, that had changed. All the work that I had done the previous three or four days, all that work had gone. You can just imagine how I felt. Yes, my heart sank. I thought, I've got to do everything again. I can't leave this blog looking like this because I've said to everybody, hop over to my blog, have a look at my blog design. Let me know what you think. And if they hop over to my blog today and look at it, they're going to think, oh my, what has she done? Does she think this looks good? So yesterday, instead of resting and relaxing and reading a book as I had planned, I spent all day on my computer trying to get my blog back to the way it had looked before I pressed that revert to default settings button. Yes, all day on the computer. When I got to the end of the day, my head was spinning. I knew that I'd spent too much time online. I knew I had to go and do something else. It is just as well that I'd already been outside. I'd already done my exercise for the day because I'd already gone for a 5k run with Gemma Rose uh, before breakfast yesterday morning. Well, Gemma Rose went for a 10k run, but I only did five. So I didn't have to feel bad about not having gone outside and not having exercised. I'd done that already. And even though I find it hard getting out of bed early, I usually get out of bed about 5.45 and get ready to go for a run. I don't go out the door straight away. Usually I get into my exercise clothes and then I get a cup of tea and I will sit down for a few moments by myself while I wait for Gemma Rose to get ready and we might head out the door about 6.30. Yes, but even though that's hard sometimes, it's easy compared to breaking away from whatever I'm doing later on and going and exercising. Yes, pulling myself away from my writing, for example, and saying I have to stop doing this because I haven't yet gone for a run. I've got to get outside and, yeah, exercise. So that's why I exercise before I do anything else in the day. Yes, there are ways that we think about them to fit everything into our day. Of course, the story, A Gradual Approach to Unschooling, is on my blog. I will leave a link to it in the show notes in case you would like to read it for yourself. So I think that's all I want to talk about today. I am glad that I've had a quiet moment to record this podcast, even though it is the school holidays. And we're doing things a little bit differently from normal. I have managed to get my computer out and record an episode. And that is because my husband Andy has gone go-karting. Yes, he has gone go-karting with our eldest son, Duncan. It was his birthday a few days ago. And I suggested as part of his birthday present that he and Andy go down to our local go-karting track and spend an hour yeah, racing each other around the track. They haven't been go-karting for a long time, so this is a big treat. They are go-karting for an hour, but that hour is split up into four sessions, four 15-minute sessions. I've never driven a go-kart, but I am told that it is exhausting work. Very, very thrilling as well, but 15 minutes at a time is enough. 
I hope they're having a wonderful time. Well, actually, I'm sure they are. So if you are on holiday at the moment, if you are in Australia and you're experiencing the school holidays, I hope you're having a happy and relaxed time. I also hope that I'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, don't forget to trust, respect and love unconditionally.